0: Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about how writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter, underscore NJ Watson. And on this month's Paper Scraps, we'll be answering your TV writing questions about meeting people, similar ideas, writing partnerships. Plus, we'll be talking about the latest TV writing news, including updates about the WGA slash agency fight and a couple of open letters from underrepresented groups in Hollywood. But first, we have some breaking news. We are fast approaching our 200th episode and we will be doing a live stream of that episode on Saturday, December 5th. So you can mark your calendars
1: right now. That's right. We're doing something that we haven't really done before. We've had live episodes, but obviously, in the the day and age of COVID, we're going to do the best virtual approximation of that we can by doing a live stream where we'll be on camera. We'll have some guests, uh, co hosts who are chatting with us. We'll also have maybe some former guests phoning in uh, for little drop in visits. And we'll kind of go over some of our favorite moments from the last 200 episodes while also uh, fielding some questions that you have live on air, talking about different topics. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an experiment.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, obviously, we'll be talking about uh, some of the hottest topics that we cover on this podcast, including writing an amazing pilot, uh, breaking in, getting an agent, all the classic questions as well as new questions that hopefully you can send to us or ask us in the chat when we are doing this episode live. Again, that's on Saturday, December 5th. You can get all the information as well as the save the date at paperteam.co slash 200. That's two zero zero. And uh, as Nick just mentioned, we will also be featuring some classic moments and clips from the past 200 episodes. So if you have your own favorite episode slash moment that you really appreciate and you want to tell us why, you can send those moments and episodes of yours at ask at paperteam.co or tweet at us at uh, TV Calling or at underscore NJWatson or even send it to us via the paperteam.co slash
1: 200 page. Yeah, exactly. Feel free to just let us know your favorite episodes, why it is that you love them and we can try to feature and you know comment and expand a little bit upon some of those topics and those areas that uh, you found so interesting and helpful
0: that's right and who knows uh, if you pick an episode with a guest of ours maybe we will even have that guest back on for the 200th episode. so that's even more of an incentive for you to send in your favorite episodes
1: to us Yeah. So we're looking forward to it. And please don't be shy. We'd love to hear your questions and comments and uh, favorite moments. And uh, speaking of not being shy, we just had our first virtual
0: mixer uh, the other week. That was done via Zoom and it went uh, pretty well.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. We had a good little group of people. Uh, We got to chat about, you know, just the industry and life and all the usual kind of stuff in a virtual format. And I think it was a success.
0: We had some listeners. Uh, Obviously, we were there. We also had our editor, Alex Switzky, there. And uh, we just talked for, I think it was about 90 minutes, maybe a couple of hours hanging out virtually we had people from outside LA as well which was very nice to see so we want to give a shout out to everyone who joined us at our first ever
1: virtual online mixer yeah thank you to everyone who was there if you do want to see us do that again or you couldn't make it to this one and would like to go to the next one let us know and we'll see if we can kind of organize another one of these I'm sure that COVID won't be over anytime soon so perhaps we'll have to do another one of these sometime indeed
0: and on the note of shout outs let's give an actual shout out to all our our new Patreon supporters, and that includes Derek, Patrick, Ben, Ryan, and Neil. As always, we literally could not do this podcast without your support. So we really appreciate every single one of you, especially in the time of COVID. We uh, just could not make this podcast function any other way. So if you want to help us make this podcast possible, you can always do so at
1: Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yeah, we know it's a tough time for everybody. So your support means that much more during this time. And it allows us to keep running this podcast and that we love doing for you. So uh, thank you so much.
0: Exactly. And uh, it was in part, thanks to your support that this very month, we were able to break 300,000 downloads total.
1: I know it's, it's a new milestone for us. And, you know, we've been hitting these milestones even faster and faster each time.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It took us about 23 months, almost two years for the first 100,000 downloads, and then about 16 months for the second 100,000 downloads, and just a bit shy under 12 months for the third 100,000 downloads. So we're really speeding things up, and uh, that's in part thanks to our listeners, because obviously that means there's some word of mouth going on where people
1: are sharing the quality content to other people. Yeah, if my math is correct, that means we'll have one million downloads by next week. Wait, no. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If we all press F5 repeatedly on our keyboard. Yes, but again, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad that the, the podcast is continuing to grow and find a new audience, as well as continue to serve our loyal listeners. And uh, we had a few shout outs on Twitter over the last couple weeks that we wanted to mention here on the podcast. The first one was from Miles Presha, who is actually another podcaster in the writing space. Uh, he runs the Black Writer Guy podcast, and he actually gave us a shout out live on air on his podcast. So thank you so much for that, Miles. And uh, everyone should definitely check out Miles' podcast as well, the Black Writer Guy podcast.
0: Absolutely. And uh speaking of uh, other podcasters, we had a shout out from my good French friend, Florian, who uh, tweeted publicly saying, Don't Paper Team, cette semaine, TV Calling and <laughs> at underscore Andrew Watson, reçoit une des scénaristes de Lovecraft Country, Shannon Houston, pour parler de all things Lovecraft, et aussi du podcast officiel de la série Quelqu'Anime. Uh, so just to quickly translate, I'm sure everybody got that. But basically, he was shouting out an episode feature between in Houston that we had a couple of weeks ago and uh, just saying uh, how uh, great it is. So thank you, Florian, or as uh, we all
1: say, merci. I don't know why Alex didn't let me read that tweet out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> next time, next fart. time. And we had another one from uh, Tobias Tobel who said, I'm having a stab at TV writing and discovered the Paper Team podcast a few weeks ago while searching for tips on writing pilots. Highly recommend to other writers new to TV. NJ Watson and TV Calling, I'm working my way through their 200-odd back catalog. Great work, guys. Oh, well, thank you, Tobias.
0: There's quite a lot of content. As we said at the top of the hour, we're doing a turn of the episode pretty soon, so uh, you can send us your favorite clips since you're going Going through our amazing catalog. And last but certainly not least, we also got a tweet. Like Colin Verbicar, who actually shouted us out about our Buffy episode. Uh, that was uh, quite a while ago, I think a two or three years ago now. But he said, during quarantine, thanks to friends in the Paper Team podcast, Hark and I discovered Buffy. When I tried the first scene in college, it seemed a bit too campy to me, but I knew Hark really liked the show. And so for his sake, I tried a few more episodes. Seven seasons later, I'm glad I did, and that we got to share it. 22-part seasons Somehow, the norm back then meant several rough patches, but it also featured some great characters and a few of the best episodes on any show ever, not ready to let go just yet, so once more worth feeling.
1: That's amazing. I'm so glad that we could uh, help guide you towards uh, such a pivotal show.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We uh, did, I think, what was the episode? I think Hush was the episode that we covered uh, back in the day. It was absolutely a fantastic episode that I recommend uh, everyone watched, as well as the one that Colin mentioned, which is uh, Once More Feelings, and that's the musical episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always nice to go back and rediscover these kind of gems that, you know, everyone's talked about, but maybe you haven't quite had the chance to, and just have so many episodes to get through. <laughs>
0: All right, now let's uh, dig into your own TV writing questions. And uh, the first one comes from Jeremy. And Jeremy writes us saying, "Uh, To Paper Team, I'm a huge fan of the show. It's been over helpful to me. And the advice you've given is amazing. I'm on episode eight. I have a lot of catching up to do. I'm writing a possible pilot slash episode for a TV show I'm creating in order for me to be on a writing team or part of the writing process, so I don't want to be a showrunner right now just yet. How do I meet people to read my finished TV script when I don't know that many people in the industry? Are there certain sites I can go to
1: to meet and greet other people in the industry? Thank you for your time. Onward and upward, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks for your email, Jeremy. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of thoughts and opinions on the best way to go out and meet people in the industry so that you can get your stuff read and try to break in. You said you've listened to the first eight episodes. Uh, you've probably already listened to then the How to Meet People as, as well as Networking 101, which is uh, PT05. But we do have uh, a number of other episodes throughout that you might want to check out too, like Networking 201, which is PT121, and Tips and Tricks for the TV Industry, which is PT171. So we'll dispense a lot of advice on those episodes that you'll probably hear here again if we were to go back over it, But in general, the heart of the advice that we tend to give is to just go out and make friends in the industry. You know, don't set out with the intention to be meeting people for a particular purpose, to be kind of using people as a means to an end. Uh, That's not the best way to go about it. And that's not the best way that you're going to set yourself up for a long term career and making genuine contacts with people
0: it's all about essentially making those friendships uh, meaningful and to that point about fostering those meaningful relationships, p- both professionally and personally actually. I will also mention PT 75, which was putting yourself out there. That was a pretty great episode that we did, essentially covering how to put yourself out there as a creative and a TV writer, uh, not just in terms of the networking side, but also content generation and learning ways of staying in the loop and on people's minds. So that was a really great episode that uh, cemented a lot of. answers that I feel like you would uh, really find uh, valuable. And like Nick said, a lot of it essentially is akin to finding friends or building those relationships. Now, obviously, as you're older and you don't necessarily have uh, college friends or local friends or whatever, you have to broaden that circle and meeting people. So especially now in the time of COVID, you have a lot of online resources available to you, whether that's uh, Facebook groups, Slack groups, Discord groups, subreddits. There's a lot of venues now where you can meet people. And in terms of specifically reading scripts and trading notes, I do believe that one of the key things there on top of obviously building meaningful relationships is also to just be a giving as opposed to just taking. In other words, you have to be open to reading and giving notes on other people's scripts first before considering them reading your script. So that way, especially if you're giving them notes and essentially you're the one doing them a favor, they will be more appreciative of your time and they will hopefully return that favor with your script or you can just do a classic note exchange and be more direct about
1: it. Yeah, of course. And there's always different ways to put your stuff out there online, whether it be competitions, whether it be services that allow you to pitch directly to managers or executives, things like that, that are available if your writing is ready to go. But I would say that, you know, the main thing to focus on right now is honing on your craft and your writing, making it the best it can be, and then making friends and genuine connections, hopefully in the industry. But even if it's not, you can make friends who happen to know somebody who knows somebody and you never know exactly how that's going to kind of pay off in the long run. So just be kind of open about what your goals are and be a good person and people will want to help you. And our next email is from Michael, who was one of the folks who joined us at the mixer. And he said, hi, Nick and Alex. Thanks so much for your work on paper team. It's been my favorite resource I've come across on TV writing, and I love hearing new episodes. I have a question about a pilot I've been working on about an historical figure. This is a story that I've been working on for a while. I first wrote it as a feature and more recently rewrote it as an original pilot. But now there is a show coming out about the same person. It's not the same take on the story as mine. It's based on a historical fiction novel with a different tone and vantage point. But it is the same fundamental story, following the same characters through the same events to the same ending. Well, it's history. Right now, my big near-term goal is to find my breakthrough pilot that, alongside a couple more solid scripts to back it up, will hopefully open the door to me to get into a TV writer's room. Is it worth keeping on investing my time in this story, or should I focus on other projects to find my breakthrough script?
0: Thank you, Michael, for that question. That's not just a very common question, but a very interesting question. And before we answer it, I will mention that we are actually covering this question in more details in next week's episode. So we're just giving you sort of the cliff note answers here. But the gist of what we will be saying next week is a version of essentially what you write is about the execution, not the idea. Now, putting a pin on the historical figure part for a second every idea has been done over and over again. In fact, if you work in this business uh, long enough, and by long enough, I really mean more than a couple of years, you will always have a time when a script that you wrote will be made by someone else. Essentially, you will wake up one day and go on Deadline or Variety or The Hollywood Reporter and find out front page that someone else is doing or developing the show that you're doing or that you've once wrote a spec pilot about. Uh, So that's not a huge knock on your work. Now, the big question in my mind is always, where? Where is your time better spent? And by that, I mean, if your script is in the early stages, let's say you haven't even outlined it yet, but it's sort of an idea or you're about to outline it, then perhaps it might be better to move on. However, if you are in the outline or draft stage, I would actually sort of quote unquote go all in on it in the sense of at least finish the project to have it done. And then wait to see what that show actually entails in terms of the execution, because even tonally, you do not know what the show is gonna be about. So for example, recently there was the show called The Great that was about Catherine the Great, and there's been so many other shows and movies about Catherine the Great. Even I think last year, there was a, an HBO miniseries with Helen Mirren, but obviously those two things are diametrically opposed, not because they have different content, they're about the same character, however, Tonally speaking, they are on opposite end of the spectrum, and on top of that, they explore different facets of that person's life. One series stars Al Fanning when Catherine the Great is a younger character, and the other one stars Hal Mirren when Catherine the Great is an older character. So that's one take. You can really see clearly, even though it's the same historical figure, there's two different executions on the same idea.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's a matter of, do you love what you've written? Is this a good script? If that's the case, and other people like it too, then I wouldn't stress so hard about the fact that another show is being done, because the reality is, as someone who's still breaking into the industry, and even people who are in their early to mid-career, it's very unlikely that you are going to sell any particular pilot that you have written. You know, even for experienced level writers and showrunners, it's unlikely they're going to sell their own show and get it on air. So I wouldn't worry about the commercial aspect of your script so much as the quality quality of the writing and the craft and what that's going to look like as a sample for you and to get you other writing opportunities where you could get staffed in a room or you could get put on an open writing assignment and that kind of thing so don't stress out worrying that you know you've wasted your big break because this was the best pilot you've had and now it's not going to sell to showtime or hbo or whatever because you know the facts are that was unlikely to happen anyway so just be happy that you have a really great script and that's going to open more doors for you than anything Excellent. And now let's move on to our next question from Kimberly.
0: And uh, Kim said, Hi, I enjoy your podcast and had a quick question. When submitting scripts to screenwriting competitions slash fellowships, is it better to submit as a single writer rather than with a partner? Thank you in advance, Kim.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, as someone who has done both at various stages of his career, I would say it doesn't really matter one way or another. It depends on what your goal is with your career. Are you planning on continuing to write with the same person for the rest of your career? If that's so, and you're entering a fellowship, then that's probably a wise thing to do together so that you can get placed on those shows and build your career. Or if you had just written one particular script with this person, you didn't really have any intention to work your entire career together, then you should probably enter it as yourself. So again, it's entirely up to you. No one is going to hold it against you or give you an advantage one way or another. It doesn't matter how many people wrote the script. It matters whether the script is good.
0: Absolutely. And I will also just add in terms of uh, competition guidelines and uh, in terms of technically speaking, should you enter or submit as a single writer rather than with a partner, that's entirely up to the competition and fellowship. And each fellowship slash competition will end Indicate actually in their FAQs what they prefer. Uh, most of them prefer usually one name in terms of the application itself. And then in terms of the title page, uh, you might indicate two writers or something like that. But again, it's hard to be prescriptive about that when every competition or fellowship is going to ask something different.
1: Yeah, I don't think for the most part, there are very few fellowships that say that you can't be in a writing partnership, but just double check that. But yeah, I think Alex is talking about more about the technical side of the application as to whether you put just your name on it and indicate that it's linked to someone else's application or whether you apply together.
0: Let's get into some TV writing news. And one of the biggest news happening right now is the Writers Guild pressing CAA and WME to end an 18-month standoff over agency practices by sending them letters in the middle of October.
1: Yeah. So obviously this has been a a long ongoing situation and it kind of seemed recently like we were going to have an end in sight to it. It seemed that uh, finally these big agencies that were holding out, CAA and WME, uh, had essentially agreed to terms or were very close to agreeing to terms with the Writers Guild. However, it's kind of reached a bit of a stalling point again, as the agencies haven't been willing to outline specifically how they are going to meet those terms, when they're going to divest themselves of their conflict of interest, such as their sort of studios and stuff that they have ownership of, etc. So they're sort of saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it, but not really saying how or when.
0: CA's whole uh, gambit was essentially claiming that they had accepted the guild's terms, except the one term that was sort of contingent on the whole deal. And I really feel uh, personally, the guild has been very generous, uh, allowing these agencies, those that signed the franchise agreement, to hold a 20% ownership stake in those production entities, as opposed to a 0% stake, which was obviously the starting place. But CA and WME are not happy with anything close To 20%. Obviously, they want a lot more. So that's kind of been the the sticking point there. And as time extends, I really feel like the longer this goes, the more beneficial it really is towards riders in the long run, just because I think like CA is obviously hurting. It's not great news for assistance. However, in terms of the company itself, it's very clear who's uh, sort of on the winning side in terms of uh, what is right and what is wrong. So it's natural in my mind that the WGA is now sending letters, especially the the fact that CA actually did not really fully accept the Gilstrom. They were just saying that for the press and so forth. But here's what's actually happening.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of consternation early on about like, oh, no, are we going to be able to survive this without our agents and all those uncertain times and people who were wanting to kind of give in before the battle had even really begun because they were afraid of what might happen. But it seems like the longer this has played out, the clearer it is that writers are continuing to work and succeed based on their own connections and you know managers and other things like that. And that agents really do need <laughs> (laughs) writers. writers as part of their business so they're just trying to kind of it seems like minimize their own damage to what they're giving up but uh, the writers are coming in with the upper hand in this fight and it seems like that's an inevitability at this point
0: it's a war of attrition but uh, i believe we're on the winning side so there you go all right and next up is some studio news because peter roth stepped down as the warner brothers tv group chairman after 22 years at the helm of that tv studio which was huge
1: news yeah, no, absolutely. Peter Roth has been a huge part of uh, Warner Brothers for so many years. He's kind of contributed to some of their most iconic shows, everything from the, you know the West Wing to the Flash, all of the Chuck Lorre comedies, anything you can imagine. All the Berlanti verse, he's had a huge, huge hand in, and it seems like he's universally liked by writers and producers and executives around the industry. So it's, it's a kind of a loss, I guess, to have someone that important and influential stepping down. But it's perhaps you know a new page for Warner Brothers, a new direction. They've had a lot of kind of flux across the various divisions so it'll be interesting to see what happens now
0: yeah it'll be very interesting to see where the studio heads especially in the world where everything is consolidating where every network is trying to work with its own studio to produce everything internally and really hone in on the vertical of it all as opposed to try to work with different studios You know, how is that going to impact something like the CW? We don't really know yet. How is that going to impact even the writing program, the WB writing program? We don't quite know yet. So it'll be very interesting to see sort of the legacy of uh, Peter Roth, but also how it's
1: going to shape the studio's future. And another big news item that came out right around Indigenous Peoples Day was that Native American writers have banded together, uh, and a lot of the uh, chairs and members of the Native American and Indigenous Writers Committee at the WGA penned their own open letter similar to. We saw uh, the Black Writers Committee doing so fairly recently about the problems that they're facing in the industry, the discrimination they're facing, the poor representation and stereotypical portrayals of Native American Indigenous people on screen uh, and how that really needs to change. And that Native American writers are not seeing the same opportunities that other writers are. And again, uh, how this is. Something that uh, needs to change in soon.
0: And on top of that, there was also around the same time a Latinx open letter called the Untitled Latinx Project, with their own list of demands and joining in on the Black, Brown, and Indigenous community members. All those uh, not just demands, but all those open letters that were being spread throughout the industry. So it's really great that we're seeing all these different groups really come out publicly with these open letters. And not just that, but actually. Essentially saying, hey, here are the demands. Here's actually how to make things
1: happen as opposed to just talking the talk, but actually walking the walk. Yeah, the industry likes to do a lot of lip service and a lot of saying the right thing, but not really doing anything about it. So I think it's fantastic that these groups are saying specifically, here's what we want, here's what we need to happen. And so it seems like already some of these studios and companies are starting to shift a little bit more and incorporate more kind of diversity requirements into their content. I think ABC just recently unveiled a pretty ambitious thing to get something like 50% of uh, their creatives and crew and that sort of thing being diverse. Uh, other places like CBS have increase the quotas as well. So I think we are really actually starting to see a shift here. And I think it's fantastic.
0: Absolutely. And uh, as always, we'll cover those issues and we will bring in more relevant guests to talk about those issues. We just wanted to highlight those news for our listeners.
1: All right, and last but not least, the Viacom CBS Writers Mentoring Program has announced their fellows for this year. Uh, so congratulations to all of those people. I don't know if any of our listeners are on that list or not. If you are, huge congratulations! And to everybody else, keep on trying, keep submitting to that stuff, and let's all celebrate and share in each other's success together.
0: I believe uh, the other fellowships are in the final stages of uh, sort of selecting those winners, and uh, we will mention those
1: when they come out. Alright, well, before we go, don't forget that we are on Patreon, so if you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Paper Team via our Patreon page at paperteam.co slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You'll get access to our Paper Patron podcast, our cheat sheets, and so much more, so get on it at paperteam.co slash Patreon, and we can keep producing a great show for you every week. So thanks to our listeners for taking the time to tune in.
0: You can get all the show notes and links for this episode at paperteam.co slash 194, and as we mentioned at the top of this episode, don't forget that you can get all the information for our 200th episode at paperteam.co slash two zero zero, as well as send us your favorite episodes and as well as a little reason why so we can feature that in the 200th episode. And you can do so by tweeting at us. Uh, As always, I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. And uh, you can also send those moments and episodes or questions that you want answered on this very podcast at ask at paperteam.co. And
1: what are we doing next week? well, uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we're actually tackling and demystifying 10 common myths about TV writing. These are super common questions and held beliefs that people have uh, that really aren't true. And we're going to kind of uh, shoot those down and tell you why they are wrong. Absolutely. We'll be our own uh, little, uh, myth busters, right? you on paper team. <laughs> and we'll see you then.
0: See you next week.